0: I want to highlight the growth of renewable energy in Minnesota. I want to highlight an unsung hero in efforts to fight climate change. And I'm going
1: to highlight regenerative agriculture. We lived through floods and drought in Minnesota in 2022, and we also saw plenty of Minnesota climate solutions and innovations. So ClimateCast asked our NPR reporters to share some of their biggest climate stories this year.
2: I'm Kirsty Marone, a reporter in Collegeville, and I want to highlight the growth of renewable energy in Minnesota. There are a lot of factors driving this boom, including cost. It's less expensive these days to produce electricity by building and operating a solar or wind farm than a coal or gas plant. And there are the growing concerns about climate change. Electric utilities are under a lot of pressure from state policymakers and their own customers to shift to cleaner power. Solar still accounts for less than 4% of electricity generated in Minnesota, but it's growing fast. Earlier this year, state regulators gave Excel Energy the green light to build the largest solar energy project in the upper Midwest, in Becker, Minnesota. The Sherco Solar Project will replace some of the power generated by Excel's coal-fired plant in Becker. It's set to close by 2030. Gabe Chan, an associate professor at the University of Minnesota, says this trend is happening across the U.S.
1: We're seeing a lot of coal plants retire, and new renewables, like solar and wind projects, coming in at those old coal plant sites because of that really valuable transmission
2: infrastructure. The transition to clean energy also will require building a lot of new infrastructure, such as transmission lines. Excel and Minnesota Power, the state's two largest electric utilities, have pledged to be carbon-free by 2050. But Governor Tim Walls and some state lawmakers want to move that deadline up to 2040. I'm Dan Crocker, a reporter in Duluth,
0: and I want to highlight an unsung hero in efforts to fight climate change, and that is peat. Now, gardeners, of course, know peat as that lightweight, brown, fibrous stuff that's often added to potting soil. But peat also does something much more important. It stores an enormous amount of carbon. This fall, I did a couple stories on some fascinating research going on in northern Minnesota to better understand the role that peat bogs play in mitigating climate change. And it turns out it plays a huge role. Listen to Colin Tucker from the U.S. Forest Service. This is a factoid everybody should know by this point about peatlands. They cover about 3% of the Earth's surface, but store about 30% of the soil carbon. But a lot of the world's peatlands have been drained, including in Minnesota. Tucker's part of a project where scientists are trying to figure out the best way to restore those peatlands so they can soak up more carbon. It could be one of the most cost-effective options out there to mitigate the impacts of climate change. Meanwhile, another experiment going on in northern Minnesota is showing what could happen to the world's peatlands if we don't reverse global warming. Scientists have found that warming by 4 degrees Fahrenheit turns peat from being a carbon sink to a source of carbon. And that really drives home just how important these little-known ecosystems are to our future.
1: I'm Dan Gunderson in Moorhead, and I'm going to highlight regenerative agriculture. Regenerative agriculture isn't new, but the buzz around it certainly is. The concept can be traced to indigenous cultures thousands of years ago, long before industrial agriculture as we know it today. Practices include limited tilling of the soil, keeping plants on the soil as long as possible. That's, of course, a challenge in Minnesota. Increasing plant diversity and integrating animals into the farming system. These practices can help climate change by storing carbon in the soil and by reducing carbon emissions from agriculture. But there's still a lot to learn, and a really interesting development this year was the launch back in January of a 1,000 farm study by the Eck Foundation. Project leader Jonathan Lundgren said the idea is to do a deep dive collecting thousands of data points from each farm to analyze the effect of system-wide changes farmers are making. The status quo in science and in farming isn't getting us where we need to go. We need bold action. And the farmers are doing their part they're changing. Now it's time for the science to catch up. Lundgren told me he hoped to sign up 350 farms this year, but more than 1,000 farmers registered. And as this year ends, the project was just awarded a grant to begin working with farmers across the world. Thanks to our NPR News reporters for their excellent work on climate stories this year. That's ClimateCast. I'm NPR Chief Meteorologist Paul Hutton.